such interesting people. They wallow in corruption, crime and gore. Ting-a-ling-a-ling, city desk. Pull the press, pull the press. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's a mess meets the test. Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. I'm Buzz Eisenberg. And we are so pleased to have with us in the studio Dan Crowley, who is the executive editor of the Daily Hampshire Gazette, the Greenfield Recorder, the Athol Daily News. And we were talking before we came on the air about very exciting and really interesting and quite dramatic changes to the website, to gazettenet.com. What inspired this and what's been the reaction? Well, <clears throat> what, what inspired is we have a growing online readership and um, subscriber base. And this is a, something that we've been planning to do for, for quite a while. And it's a, pro- and it's a project. It's, I wouldn't say it's a dramatic change. I well, it, it really grabs your attention in a way that the uh, – I thought the website was great, actually. I love the e-edition, um, yeah. and that's how when I'm online reading the Gazette, how I read it, it was with the e-edition. But you look at this front page of the website, and it grabs your attention. Yeah, so one of the, the, the major changes that you'll see are that we can put more stories on our homepage. <clears throat> um, I, I don't know the number that we could do the last time, but you'll see down the left side of the website, down the right side of the website. And we have some stories that we <coughs> centerpiece. Uh, we also have, we've, we've uh, restructured the sections lower down on the homepage. We have <coughs> sports section. We've created a UMass section because that UMass, uh, whether it's sports or news, we generates a lot of news. Um, in arts and culture and uh, an opinion section, which we didn't have before. Uh, before there was just a tab that you would for, get for, for opinion. opinion. Now yes. you've got a whole section down the bottom. Right, which I'm sure your columnist, well, let me speak just simply on behalf of myself, <laughs> I think is a great idea. So <clears throat> the other thing um, that's going on there is that we're able to give better play to uh, photography. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, photography on the site and uh, hopefully, it's uh, depending on where people live, the the um, the load times are faster. Opening stories, they certainly are when we're publishing stories to the website now. <clears throat> um, yeah, and the e-edition is still there. It's very popular um, uh, online. And do you have metrics on that? I mean, I, I wonder whether I'm a dinosaur when I do that. I click on e-edition because I want to have something that looks like the paper. No, I, we he- I hear that all the time. People, are like, I love being able to go on my phone and look at and open up what looks like the newspaper. Uh, so I don't have any numbers right now here in the studio, but um, certainly I, I I hear positive things about it. So, Well, great. I, I would like to share this reaction with you, Dan Crowley, as the editor. Uh, on one hand, congratulations. It's I think, really, this, this is fabulous. On the other hand, it makes me really nervous because many newspapers – have ceased to publish actual physical editions. And the better your e- your electronic presence is, the more nervous it makes me that it might uh, portend the demise of the physical newspaper, which I got to tell you, I love going out and picking up the Gazette and, and the Times uh, on my stoop. Well, sometimes it's in the middle of the lawn, but generally it's in the area of my house early in the morning. I love the physical newspaper. Maybe, as I said, a dinosaur in that regard. But does this portend the long-term demise of a physical paper, yours and or others? Or is it just simply uh, another way of transmitting news information, arts? I think it's the latter. I think, like I said, we have a growing online audience. 
And uh, I think we'd be, you know, going backwards if we weren't making changes there and trying to improve and enhance what we do online. Uh, so, and, and we have a we have a very strong, loyal uh, print readership, um, and uh, we're, we're doing both right now. And so I love I, the I, fact I, that you didn't say loyal <laughs> and aging, <laughs> but it is. Yeah, it, it is yeah. probably. And we, I hear that as much as I hear. Um, I love the e-edition. I love picking up the phone and, and reading the newspaper. I also hear probably equally what you just said. I love going out and picking up the newspaper with the New York Times and and uh, and, and having the physical paper in my hands. So, and but, I like Bill. I'm a dinosaur as well. But where I live in the Hilltowns, we can't get it delivered. So we are. If I want timely yeah. news, I have to look um, at a screen to do it. But just to circle back to where we are for those. Um, people who aren't familiar with what the difference is between an e-edition and just looking at the Daily Hampshire Gazette or the Recorder.com, what is the difference in the way it appears and the way people read it? Well, the e-edition, you can it looks like the newspaper on your phone, and you can tap a story, and the story will come up and isolate that story, and you can just read that story, and then you can go back and you can flip through what looks like the newspaper. Um, and just to go back on the on the website changes, we have this isn't just been at the Gazette, but also the Greenfield Recorder, the Athol Daily News, all of those, the, all three of those sites, and the Amherst Bulletin. Um, are you'll see the similar uh, changes that we've done on the website for for all four publications. Uh, I, I think that some persons with us this morning would say we used to hear about the Valley Advocate. Does the Valley Advocate still exist as a presence? It does, yeah. It, the Valley Advocate's uh, and it's bi published, and it's published bi-monthly. bi-monthly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the last one was in December, uh, or yeah, we have one coming out soon. Um, that site is also there's also plans to enhance that site as well. I was going to ask yeah. because yeah. I think I think that uh, the persons who read the Advocate are going to be significantly younger as a demographic by and large than those of us who uh, depend on a physical newspaper or really enjoy really depend on a physical newspaper. Yeah. So that would make sense for there to be changes in the website for the Valley Advocate. And can you tell us whether there's been a change or an increase, decrease, or otherwise uh, in terms of the demographics and the readership of uh, the Valley Advocate and or the other newspapers for that matter? Well, at the end of the year, we did some reader surveys, and we got a very strong response for all of our publications. The, the Advocate wasn't part of that survey, but um, they, were, they were great to have. We heard from readers about uh, things they'd like to see more of, things that they don't think we might be doing well, things that we're doing very well and they want us to continue doing. So it was all, all over the place. And, um, but they were a very helpful roadmap to help us understand um, the, the very different ways and the very different things that people are looking for in, in our news reports every day. Um, sports, for example, um, we have, that's an also a younger audience. We're writing about high school athletes and um, high school athletes today aren't doing what you're doing and going to the store and picking up the newspaper and buying the New York Times. They're They've got their phones and. I'm shocked, <laughs> shocked to learn that. So breaking news. So okay. there's a there's a demographic that's all, it's all on their phones. Um, sure. And uh, 
and we have, uh, you know, others that love the mix of news that we have. They still want to see some nation world stories in there. We actually have one today on the bottom of the Gazette. Uh, so that's a way, that was a way for us to kind of uh, gauge. Um, a couple years back, we did some community forums in person. This time we did some reader surveys. Uh, and those, for people that did respond to them, were very grateful that they took the time to do that because it's very helpful uh, for us to, to uh, understand how we can better serve people. I must say, I was struck this morning by the front page. Uh, it's below the fold, but it, I, I, I was moved, um, uh, really, on a news story that is quite uh, uh, data-driven. Nonetheless, I, it scared me. Um, and its headline is, Poll Reveals Deepening Divisions. Okay, kind of snoozy, actually except that it's a UMass poll, and it occurred to me that someday when the history of fascism or not in the United States in this decade is written, this poll will, in fact, be significant. It's a story about a poll by UMass Amherst, and it says this, almost a third of Republicans say they agree with former President Donald Trump's claim that immigrants are poisoning the blood of the country. And it goes on from there. Um, it is a national story that's locally based. And it seems to me that that is something that the Gazette and newspapers of New England, the Greenfield Recorder, the Athol Daily News, uh, Valley Advocate, actually excel at, which is bringing national stories home. And I'm wondering how you as the editor uh, reconcile the need to have local coverage with some of these national stories that really permeate our consciousness? Well, I think a couple of weeks ago we talked a little about that, right? We, <clears throat> there, we have people uh, in our backyard who are doing things, in, important work at the national level. And we, there's all kinds of polls, right? I mean, they, they come out every week, every month. But this was one that was done at our you know, flagship university here. And <clears throat> as I read that, uh, story too there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> there is i mean a majority of people barely 53 percent say no immigrants are not destroying the country but when you have people saying yes i really endorse those words first spoken by adolf hitler that's scary stuff yeah yeah well it is but i guess the question is how did you make the decision <clears throat> to put it on page one in both the recorder and the daily Amsterdam gazette what what elevated the story to that Precious real estate. Well, this is a this is a story that affects everybody, uh, and it's a it's a again it's a locally based poll. Um, we, that that's a factor in, in that story getting the play that it did, um, and we think people are interested in it. Do you have uh, some kind of uh, uh, pipeline to th this kind of a story? I mean, do you have someone who knows there is a uh, institution at UMass that does polling, that does surveys, or does this just something come across the wire in some ways uh, and we, you pick uh, it up? We were alerted to this yesterday, I think, by UMass, so it wasn't something that we had had advanced knowledge of. So UMass wants the publicity uh, because I assume it reflects well on the university that is a player in, an, in a national story and making national news. And their communications department, their public relations department, puts out press releases, this sort of thing. 
Yeah, they well, they, UMass puts out a lot of press releases. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> really? Yeah, sometimes sometimes they 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 turn into you know news stories. Sometimes sometimes they don't. I mean, there's a massive amounts of research going on there, and, and uh, all kinds of uh, studies and findings and and wonderful conferences <clears throat> all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, uh, um, Daniel Ellsberg when he you know, when his estate and papers went to UMass, that's a major story, right? I mean, those, those are, that's the type of thing that we would report out of, out of the university. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, we felt this was an interesting story. We have a presidential race going on. Um, and, and let me ask you in that regard, when it comes to being a community newspaper and the Gazette and the Recorder, the Athol Daily News most certainly are that, do you have to make editorial and judgments about what letters to the editor are going to appear? Because awful lot is going to be written to you and to, uh, to you to the paper about the presidential election, about the politics of the country this year. Um, uh, some of it's going to be repetitious, um, one way or another. Not that people are uh, being redundant or copying yeah. each other, just that people are going to say some of the same things. How do you make those decisions about what to put on what is essentially a community bulletin board? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, the opinion page is, is an interesting place in the newspaper, and I, I, I love it when our opinion page has got all kinds of stuff going on. It's not you know a single issue. Sometimes we'll package uh, letters and columns together uh, if there's a, a hot-button issue that's going on. Uh, let's say it's the Main Street redesign or, or something else. Just an example. Well, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I anticipate that we'll see more and more letters uh, on, about the presidential election in the months ahead. Um, I'm a little surprised that we haven't had as much as, as we have had, but we, we have a robust amount of submissions that come in. Um, do you get to print most of them? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I will say that, um, when you send a letter or a column in, um, you can't really expect it to be in the next day or the next three days. I mean, there's a, there's a queue and, but if there's something that pushes it forward because it's timely, there's an issue going on and it needs to get out because it's, or, or else it'll be dated. They could jump ahead of some other stuff, but. And do you like this letters that keep a conversation going? I mean, I honestly, I was struck, uh, I guess maybe a week or 10 days ago, <clears throat> there was a letter commenting on a column I had written where I said, you know what? That's a terrific letter. Probably better than the column or at least as good. <laughs> um, and I love that there is a discussion going back and forth and there are, there is that phenomenon uh, in the page. Is that intentional? I think that works when, when, when people are responding and, uh, to, to the issue that was presented in a column. Um, I, we, we don't really like when people are going back and forth with each other and they're saying, hey, John, yeah, that's... you didn't get it right in your letter because nobody knows who John is. Right, right. And <clears throat> so, um, yeah, we, we, we like to have that dialogue. Um, I think it's great. Um, it it, it can, continues to bring out different perspectives. Um, and you know, there's things that there's, uh, you know, like any, like anything, there's some letters we can't print because they just don't <clears throat> meet the standards stand, of decency stand, stand. <laughs> and civility. So, uh, we are uh, speaking with Dan Crowley, who is the executive editor of the Daily Hampshire Gazette and the Greenfield Recorder front page of today's paper, families, Dateline Amherst, don't cut music, 
front page. Also, the story next to it, Dateline Northampton, schools seek big picture strategy. We'll talk more with Dan Crowley of the Daily Hampshire Gazette and the Greenfield Recorder about how the coverage of the schools and the crisis regarding money and funding will be covered right after this. And you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone Or the times they are changing You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg WHMP We continue our conversation with Dan Crowley who is the executive editor of the Daily Hampshire Gazette, the Greenfield Quarter, and other newspapers of New England I would like to know how you plan, the paper plans, to continue to cover what is a major issue for cities and towns across your readership and our listenership area, which is the schools, the budget shortfalls, the money they need, and the impending layoffs, which is going to become, I think, an issue that's going to rile people up a lot, like everything, uh, predictions, eh, a little snoozy. They're about to happen and cuts and your teachers and your kids' teachers are about to be laid off. That's going to get people's attention. How do you go about presenting this in a way that is uh, fair, educational, uh, and helpful to to us as readers, as residents, as citizens? Well, we're, we're going to continue to chronicle this process that the schools are going through. Certainly. Um, today, uh, you'll see, as you saw in the Gazette, we have the story out of Amherst on the, the, the potential cut to the music teacher. I think there's also a special ed uh, position in there that is, they're looking at cutting. And that drew, uh, as you said, uh, riled people up and people are concerned. I mean, music and arts programs, we've seen that before, right? They're, they go on the, the first to go. Board. The first to go. Yeah. <clears throat> because somehow they're not essential to STEM. Uh, although, as we point out on this program, and many of your readers will point out in the Gazette, too, it is those programs that keeps kids inspired and coming to school and involved and engaged. Um, not every kid loves uh, chemistry, but whatever it is that brings the kids in and keeps them engaged in school, that's the key to education, right. I think. And if is it Dan, if I may add, you also need the creative arts in order to inspire STEM. They actually work together. It's not like students are either one or the other. You know, the creativity can eventually spawn a new idea that STEM takes and actually creates in our world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a story, you know, there's, there's players involved. They're there. They're, they're, it's in front of them. It's the students. It's the teacher. It's the school committee. Um, but that story is also for other people that may not be, you know, in that fire right now, people in Amherst who are like, oh my God, they're going to maybe cut a, our beloved music teacher. So um, hopefully, you know, our, our role really is to, is to present the story and, and, and provide a full picture. And, and as we go through this, um, you know, budgets aren't always easy to dissect. There's always going to be a give and take, uh, cuts, uh, winners and losers, right? Um, these, and we haven't seen, um, I think it's been, a, if, my observation has been a little quiet with the school cuts over the years, but now it's starting to. Because there's been money. Right. Because, right. There, have, because there have been one-time infusions, yeah. one-time, one or two-time infusions of, of money from the state or the federal government, uh, 
which has been COVID-related in significant measure, but that money is no longer. It is about to go, and you cannot fill school gaps, structural deficits with that money any longer. And yeah. now the deficits here and the cliffs, the fiscal cliffs are upon us. I, I would like to ask you one question, Dan Crowley, about this story, and it's the uh, uh, it's a dramatic uh, the photograph on page one of the Gazette, also on the uh, it leads in the. Uh, uh, online edition, GazetteNet as well. It's a spectacular photo, um, and it's also a spectacular headline. Families, colon, don't cut music. And it's a photograph of uh, Ariel uh, Templeton, the music teacher for the Amherst Elementary Schools, uh, leading the band. How do you get to that photo? How does Carol Lois get to that? Well, that photo was striking to me when I saw it, too. I, Carol's very experienced, and she has good relationships with uh, a lot of a lot of the towns and in, in the schools she's she's developed a trust i think uh in the area with in with school departments and schools are are not places that are as you know accessible as some others right because they have all these privacy concerns right. for their students appropriately so right and i think you know w- when we're clear about you know we're doing a story on the on this and this is happening before the school committee. We'd like to come in as long as we're very specific and upfront with what we would like to do. I think she's been very successful at being able to, uh, get access and, and get her camera into places that, that, uh, others might not. I'd like to go back to the dinosaur issue for one moment. Uh, as, and, and also we're yes. always grateful to the schools to allow us to do that. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a really important community service. I, I, would like to go back to this uh, issue of the photograph because I remember it was not so many years ago, as I referenced uh, dinosaurism. Is that a word? Um, uh, there was, it was a dramatic change when the New York Times decided it would publish color photographs as opposed to just black and white. You would have thought the world was going to turn on this for, I don't know, a few, uh, a few, a few nanoseconds while people got used to it and said, oh, wow, that's terrific. Um, it has, in fact, changed dramatically, I think, the impact of local journalism to have color photographs, both yeah. obviously on the website, which is just the norm, uh, and in the physical paper as well. Is that something that you noticed in, during your career? I think it's always great to have color because that's what, that's what things are, right? I mean, we, we do a story on a beautiful mural that somebody spent a year working on. We're going to put that in black and white. You know, you don't really see the, the vibrancy of the mural. We'll have, we'll have some, you'll see in this weekend in our living pages, some colorful photos, some mural photos. Um, so I, I think color, in, in, in our e-editions, all color. How much more expensive is it to print? It's, it's more expensive, but I don't, I, I don't have the breakdown on that. <laughs> but yeah, it's more expensive to have a color page than a black and white page. Let me ask you, if I might, about a, with a, and conclude with a forward-looking question, which is you sit down, I take it, with your staff on a regular basis and decide that in addition to the news that breaks day-to-day um, that you cover, what are the big stories that you should be covering that you're going to devote uh, resources to? Can you share with us, or maybe you can't, what you have on your plate in terms of in addition to educational uh, issues, schools, money, fiscal cliff, layoffs, and the like. There are other issues that you have, say, we're going to continue to focus on. I guess the environment is one. Other things? 
Yeah, we have those discussions. We're all, we're, we we're always try to be as forward looking as we can, and it's in to to, to plan and map out um, important areas. Again, I brought up those surveys, those reader surveys that we did at the end of the year, and there's a lot of things in there that that readers identified they'd like to see more of. Some things were, some things we have been doing climate change. We did a big series over the course of a year, uh, uh, and, and with all of our papers in the valley here. Uh, climate change uh, with a, with local connections. Um, housing is an area that I think continues to be um, a place that's worth exploring more. Um, there's, you know, a lot of new policy at the state level uh, and it's still, there's still a housing crisis here. Um, and the other <laughs> issue, I guess, that we'll look forward to reading more about is the local impact of new taxes and the ability of municipalities to impose new taxes, as this is from uh, proposal policies from Governor Healy, I think that will make a big difference in some cities and towns. Will there be money? Because absent money, it's not much fun to govern. Yeah, meals tax, hotel. And the like. And the motor vehicle excise, right? right. And this is a Which could mean proposal so. by the governor to allow cities and towns to increase those. If they want to. Yeah. We've been speaking with Dan Crowley. He is the executive editor of the Daily Hampshire Gazette, the Greenfield Recorder, the Athol Daily News. Thanks so much for being with us for Extra Extra with Dan Crowley. This is Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.